Hi everyone, and you're very welcome to Reinventing the Next Chapter, a podcast where I speak to women who either through choice or through circumstance have had to take a step back, reevaluate their lives and make some powerful changes. I'm your host, Elaine Ryan, life, career and relationship coach. If you're feeling stuck or not where you thought you'd be in life, my hope is that these stories will give you the inspiration and more importantly, the motivation to take the first step towards reinventing your next chapter. Hi everyone, Happy New Year and welcome to episode 7 of Reinventing the Next Chapter. Today I am joined by founder and owner of Giddy Studios, Helena Deline. Helena, welcome to the podcast and Happy New Year. Oh, thanks so much, Elaine. It's brilliant to be here and um, Happy New Year to everybody. Yeah, great way to start the year. So you and I know each other from back in the day from working together in advertising, but for anyone who doesn't know you and isn't aware of Giddy Studios. Do you want to do a bit of an intro? Tell us a bit about yourself. Yeah, I worked in agency life for many years. Absolutely loved it and I got so much out of that journey. And then around 2006, it took me about two years to come up with, I suppose, the next stage of my kind of working life uh, plan. I felt I wanted to pursue a business myself, but I honestly had no idea what business to pursue. I was working in agency, as you said, and we were working in in that field together. And I knew that I was very fortunate with where I worked and I absolutely loved the agency I worked in and I loved the people I worked with. So I knew I needed to do something different to that. And I guess... I spent a lot of time journaling. It's funny because it's such a big part of my life now and part of my formal work now that when I look back and thanks for giving me the opportunity to do that today, when I look back and realize the, the, you know, the role that that played back then, it kind of blows my mind a bit. But yeah, I started doing the morning pages idea out of the artist's way. 2006, because I left the agency in 2008. Yeah. Worried about that during the pandemic. So you were well ahead of the game if you were doing it in 2006. It's funny, isn't it? Isn't it? And it's funny how these things are part of your world and you don't even really formalize them. So we might be doing stuff, you know, even as we head into, into 2023, we might all be doing kind of things and using tools that we're not even aware are kind of really helpful to us in terms of getting us through our day to day or helping us carve out our next move or whatever. So I think that is really interesting looking back. Um, And yeah, as I say, I use it loads now, absolutely loads now as part of mindfulness and part of working out the next phase of the journey, because really, I mean, it's all a journey. And I know it sounds a little bit cliched, but without kind of using that kind of approach as my guide, there's no way I would have stayed on on the train if that makes sense. Okay. Well, so let's talk about the start of the journey. So even before you were working in advertising, when you were younger, and so Giddy Studios is obviously all about creativity. And I know you'll be talking a bit more about kind of starting that and everything. But when you were, say, in school, would you have always been very artistic or creative? Or where did all that come from? 
Yeah, no, great question. And an interesting answer for me when I look at this one again, because in school, like I always loved art and was very, say, self-guided in that space. Like, you know, had the calligraphy pen from age 12, did like homemade cards, all of that kind of approach to creative life. I guess in school, I'll be totally honest, I didn't pursue that road. I went down the languages kind of road and business and the same for college. But I couldn't get away from the fact that I had this really strong connection with being creative in a very accessible way, which is what's kind of lovely, I guess, when you're having a chat like this, because I think what it does is it removes that purist approach out of it and it means that creativity is accessible to us all and then when I went to do college and kind of fill out the CAO I guess I'd teed myself up through my subjects in school to do business and languages really I guess when I look back and sure that's what I did and I was super excited about going to college I hadn't a clue really what kind of a career I was going to end up doing but All I knew was I was going to college and I was going to have that experience. And that is genuinely the depth of thought that had gone into it at that (laughs) stage. I think I was the same because I did business and languages, but I didn't really. It was like, yeah, we'll go off to college for three or four years and have the crack and then we'll figure it all out after. So, um, I mean, you're so young, you're so young trying to, and you can't, when you're still a teenager, you can't really, you know, figure out your life plan at that age. No, you you really can't. And it's so heartening to look back and know that you don't have to have it all worked out. And in my case, I can honestly say that the aspects that I love, loved, still kept coming back in. So I then left the college world and straight away kind of or soon after ended up with kind of a two two roads diverged moment as we all do in life so many times and one was very kind of I suppose black and white corporate and then the other was the agency life and I will never forget the excitement of going down the road of agency because it kept me back into connected to that creative space and I felt like I was made I was so happy to have found that role And to have worked with the people I worked with. And I'll never, ever forget the giddiness and the excitement of making that decision. And it was all down to, again, being pulled back into that creative space. So it's interesting how your your compass stays coming back to centre, doesn't it? Yeah. And it's interesting you say the word giddiness and obviously then giddy studios. So the the link with creativity and and being giddy is obviously there. So you started working in the advertising agency and then what happened? Yeah, so I worked there for seven, eight years and absolutely loved it. And then, as I say, made the decision that I guess getting back closer to the creativity piece again, it's like I'm constantly edging toward, was constantly edging towards that. When I was doing the journaling piece, I was brought back through the pages that you do in the morning to having been at a an event in the UK for my cousin's hen party in a pottery painting studio. And it was like as I started to unpack that experience, I just 
realized I wanted to set one of those up here. And again, a bit like that feeling when I started in the agency, I knew it was right. I knew it was the right path for me. And the giddy name, and it, it's again why I've kind of maintained it into the mindfulness space, which is very much where I'm working at the moment, along with the creativity piece side by side. But that giddy piece was always my indicator that I was on the right path for myself. So like that, the the buzz, the excitement, the belief, the passion, the nobody will tell you that it's not going to work idea. <laughs> and you're just going, I'm doing this because I know it feels right. And it is that barometer piece again, where when you know something feels right, nothing will stop you in a way. And it's that kind of passion. Like it's not passion because I'm a passionate person. It's passion because you've arrived on something that you really, really believe in. So yeah, went down that road. So you were at that hem party and you, and you saw this in the UK. And then when you came back, you must have looked around and saw that there was nobody really doing anything similar to here. There was a gas in the market. Yeah. So a slight edit to that, but very close. <laughs> I was at the hem party, came back, had a good time didn't think about it afterwards, just thought that was great fun. And then in the journaling, when I was trying to work out my plan, which I was actively doing with that end game in mind, because I knew I wanted to do something, but didn't know what, the pottery painting experience in the UK came back. Okay, right. So it came back. I didn't come home from the UK planning to set one up. Does that make sense? It's a small difference, but I think in terms of 2023, people starting to maybe pick up a pen and paper and kind of wonder, why am I doing this? You know, what what might come out of this? It's fascinating what can come out when you're writing. Yeah. Because I suppose what you could say there is, had I not done the morning pages, would I have, or the writing, the journaling, let's just keep it simple, would I have ended up unearthing the depth of that kind of relevance of that kind of trip and yeah. that experience. Or it, it might have taken you longer. I suppose you were slightly kind of in touch with your subconscious or whenever doing those morning yes. and So, yeah. And so then you made the leap in 2008. Yeah, 2008. Yeah. Turned the key in the door in the August and had the loan, the bank loan, you know, the you know the usual, the business plan, the bank loan, the rent, like the contract, you know, the lease, all of that kind of yeah. grown up stuff. Oh, what age was I? I was 31. And I, again, like that full of just optimism and belief and that all had no choice but to stay there because in <laughs> the September of 2008, global financial crisis started, like the Lehman Brothers announcement was literally two weeks or something after Giddy Studios opened. And I will never forget kind of the feelings around that, the pure raw vulnerability and fear of, oh God, do I stay going or what? In fact, actually, I don't think I ever considered not staying going. Yeah, It was shoulder to the wheel type stuff. It was like, put the head down. You believe in this. You're doing it the ball is rolling. You are, I suppose, fortunate in a way, because would you have made this decision two months later? Probably not. 
Yeah, so, interesting, isn't it? Isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Just before it happened. Just before it happened. And I will be totally, totally, totally honest um, because that's what I suppose life is all about and the authentic approach and everything to everything that, that I do and that Giddy Studios does. It was not an easy journey at all. But I suppose I kept coming back to why was I doing it? And it was... I could never fail to answer that question. And I set up the studio just again, back to kind of interesting, comes back to your original question. I set up the studio as a way to create a space or an environment where people, everybody, so, you know, a universal kind of access approach, everybody had access to creative activity and could do it in a shared, in a shared way and, not feel like they had to have, say, you know, professional training or formal experience of any kind. And the idea was bringing people together. So that whole idea of celebrating connection, which has stayed true kind of as a thread throughout the business. I wasn't calling it celebrating connection, you know, 13, 14 years ago. But it's interesting how the business has continued to evolve with that idea as a foundation stone. And even now, if I can jump forward a little bit, like in the pandemic, so another kind of mad global event that has been on our path and on our journey, like that celebrating connection piece stayed true. So when the studio did have to close, we pivoted really quickly into doing more of the corporate events that we had already started doing, but bringing people together in a hybrid working environment. And we were sending out the creative packs to people's homes, literally throughout the world. Thankful for DHL. I know it was amazing to see it. And then the mindfulness piece had already started to become a big part of the business. But that aspect, together with the creativity, became such a powerful I suppose, tool in the Celebrating Connection piece in the next phase of Giddy's life. Wow. So there's a lot. There's a lot there. But but pre-pandemic, I suppose, between 2008 and up until, say, 2019, obviously the, the business was, despite the starting just at the time of the recession, you obviously had a significant period of time where the business was up and running as you originally intended in the studio. Absolutely. It was great. And it was like such a special place. The memories that were created through that space are so valuable and so precious, I guess. And I I still get messages from people who have pottery that they painted for special occasions. And, you know, I met people when we were we did a pop up in Arnott's this Christmas and I met this family one Sunday morning and they were just telling me about how every single year they came together, you know, aunties and uncles, all the nieces and nephews, grandparents, and they created pottery every single year as a family and did all their fingerprints and all their pieces of work and to have facilitated those kinds of experiences. Yeah, yeah, it's very special. It's very special. And it, I mean, like the team aspect as well, and I, I can't kind of, explain enough how important the team aspect is in everything that Giddy has always done it, because it's you're just I'm just one individual with a you know a, a dream I suppose and a passion and a, a brand but your people around you are 
absolutely everything in terms of creating what you have set out to achieve. So over the years, I wouldn't have achieved any of the giddy feelings that our customers have had and the giddy experiences without a phenomenal team. And um, that, I guess, is just really important to say. And we're all still connected, which is really cool, Um, even though, I guess, uh, when the, the bricks and mortar aspect of the business changed, that part of the team changed as well. But, you know, even in Ireland, we had a pop up team and look, there was mix of some of our old team members and new team members because a lot of our team have obviously gone on to pursue their own dreams now which is phenomenal to watch as that rolls out and they're all amazing people and bringing their own passions to their own lives now but yeah just that I think it's really important to to reference that where the team aspect is just critical when we're doing any kind of job that involves more than ourselves. Yeah and the support I suppose from that team and I suppose isn't you're as a family you're you're all involved really aren't you in the yeah this is the team is your family in one respect and then in my case there's your well actually in everybody's case but there's like you, you know even if you don't have immediate family yourself you have probably a family that's behind you like in in yeah. terms of you know parents and often grandparents and everybody else like there's such such a, with a business of this size, it is such a tight knit approach, and it becomes your team in the in the team in the studio became an extension of my own family. Like you, yeah. you hit the nail on the head. I know it's amazing, really. And then your own direct family is part of the studio as well. You know, it's kind of all, yeah. yeah. Like I, I've always been influenced. I mean, it's funny how your life stages influence you, don't they? Like my own immediate family who are now like say I've a 12 year old and a 10 year old so if we think if you look back at the dates there Lena was born in so Giddy was born in 2008 Lena was born in 2010 Jesse was born in 2012 so like I created baby and toddler events as a result with amazing collaborations with speakers that are now my friends and I did those for many, many years and they were influenced by my life stage because you can see by going through your own patterns in life, yeah. you can see it's relevant to, you know, different kind of group sets in the outside world. So the, I suppose the talk about some of the challenges was then the time, the timing of when you launched, which was unfortunate, but you obviously kept going. And then some of the great things that happened and the memories that were made and the team that you had. I suppose, what were the other differences, good and bad, working, I suppose, for yourself compared to working for somebody else? But if I was to limit myself to the top three things about working for yourself. okay, so things happen really quickly because you wake up and you have an idea. You go to your computer and you just kind of do it and there is no sign off, I guess. You just, you make it happen if you feel yeah. like it's the right thing to do. Exactly. Yeah. You must have to have a lot of trust in yourself then, you know, if, if you're used to kind of getting sign off for things. Yeah, it's interesting, that trust piece. It's it's massive in, um, I'd say in a lot of self-employed people, like trust, it's the, I mean, and it does come back to the mindfulness piece again, which is where I'm, you know, 
teaching at the moment, like there is definitely so much power in that kind of intuitive instinct piece. And we do work around that in our mindfulness courses, but all aspects of life. But like you often, when you have that idea and the fit feels right, you're as long as you're not going to have an impact on something or somebody else, you know, and it's a positive idea, you know, just doing it is actually kind of the best way to go about it because instinctively you're probably right because nobody knows your business as much and as deeply as you do. So yeah, the tr- you're, you're dead right. And I mean, the decisions I would be making might be about launching a new product or launching a new course, for example, at the moment. It's very much that kind of an approach or even like putting up a post on LinkedIn. Do you know that those kind of decisions, you know, there's no sign off and you're, you're they're not big financial impact things, yeah. but you just get stuck in and do it. The other aspect, I mean, of working for yourself is you can mold it, you can craft it, you can redirect when you need to redirect. And again, you know it intuitively and, and you know it deeply. So you generally have, I guess, the answer that's needed in the moment. And again, can do that quickly. And I mean, an area I had always wanted to work towards was flexibility and just kind of be, rep- you know, I, it's important that I represent things authentically for our, your listeners, like that took time. Sometimes your goals when you're going to become a self-employed person don't always happen immediately, no more than they do in any journey in life. But flexibility was a key a key thing for me. And it took an awful long time to, I suppose, achieve that. And I do think as a self-employed person, I know I'm saying this is a positive and here I am going off into the kind of, you know, the the warning side. But it is, it's good to kind of tease it out. Yeah. I get when you're self-employed and that passion piece and that drive, and the, the, the kind of failure is not an option, another driver when you're self-employed, you have to be really kind of aware of boundaries in terms of, you know, where does the day begin and end exactly? And I probably ended up in mindfulness for the reason of not being very adept in actually managing myself in that space. So, I mean, that was the working for yourself. But if you work for somebody else, oh my God, there's so many benefits, I'm sure. And I do regularly think about them. I'll be totally honest. <laughs> like, you know, that, that whole thing of on the 23rd of a month, some money goes into your account. <laughs> yeah. That regular babies, it's beautiful, I'm sure. And it's a long time since I've been there. Because obviously when you especially go through a pandemic, and I, you know, don't get me wrong, I, I obviously have, you know, a regular income, but everything changes again. So that regularity isn't there. You're pivoting and you're restructuring and then you get back to solid footing again. But you've got other kind of fish to fry in the middle where you've got other responsibilities that you need to sort yeah. out, whether it be redundancy or whatever the case may be. So, yeah, there's that piece if you work for somebody else. As long, but look, I mean, it's not straightforward either. Other businesses go through challenges too. Um, So it's not like everybody else in the world sits in the same job for the rest of their lives. They have decisions to make as well. And businesses that other people work in aren't always black and white. So not overly simplifying it. There's that aspect. And then the team bit, I guess, that the responsibility like doesn't, always lie with 
yourself. So it's the flip side of the trust piece that maybe you do tease things out with other people and other perspectives are phenomenal and great to have. And yeah, I mean, the Monday to Friday piece, if you were to work in a traditional corporate environment, I do sometimes look at that and that's different and looks interesting at times, you know, but then I love that I can kind of craft my work around my own hours now more so than I used to be able to before. So I guess, you know what, there's an upside to everything um, depending on how you look at it and where your life stage is at. I mean, you're obviously very brave and resilient if you've been able to, I suppose, take leap in the first place and then the timing of when you started in 2008 and then keep going and then the pandemic hits which changes everything again like it probably would be easy just to kind of go oh god this is too hard I'm gonna gonna pack it all in you know that like that the passion is obviously still there as well that piece around and it's very much Brené Brown and I put my hand here on my heart as I think about it it's very much around the mindfulness work that I'm doing at the minute like I've been fortunate enough to land the passion piece right like that piece landed really early on um in terms of going down the path of wholehearted job wholehearted work the the challenge is in bringing wholehearted work and wholehearted life together and Brené does a piece about it in one of her books and I I I I won't get it right if I try to guess which book it's in but it's the challenge I think a lot of us have where, and I to this day still have it, it's like the balance piece. And it's this is all again back to the mindfulness work and mindfulness classes that I teach, whether it's in corporate or, or personal life. It's the yin and the yang. It's bringing the two together. So how to balance the wholehearted job with the wholehearted life, meaning ticking the boxes that are required in both to have that balanced existence because a job filled with passion and purpose is great if it delivers on you know my kind of day-to-day requirements financially as a person and that's not in a materialistic sense at all because I kind of left that ship sail a long long time ago it's just in a in a practical sense and I'm constantly trying to kind of meet those two get those two to meet rather and the mindfulness piece does does help as we were saying kind of earlier it just keeps you keeps me grounded keeps me on track and I'm at that stage of the business where this the 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 mindfulness teaching is just such uh, an important part to me in the next stage of giddy that I'm really excited for it. And, you know, I'm a good stint into it now. And delivering the courses is just fantastic. And bringing it more into the corporate space now is the next the next part of the journey. And so just on the mindfulness, obviously, you're now teaching that and, it, and it's part of, of Goody Studios. But did you first, were you kind of forced into it, for want of a better word, due to that kind of work-life balance struggle? Were you kind of looking for a tool or something to to help with that? Is that how you got into mindfulness? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So it was, and I didn't pursue it initially to become a teacher. Yeah. I pursued it because I was running the business and had the two smallies and just life in general. And I was like, 
I'll never forget the day I was chatting to my sister Sarah on the phone and I was like, I need something. Like I can't stay kind of at this pace of stress, I suppose. It was really just struggling to kind of keep it all on track. And I can't remember the long kind of, you know, approach to mindfulness in terms of, you know, the different stages. I suppose a couple of people mentioned it. I probably saw, you know, advertising for courses and stuff. And then Sarah's friend introduced us to an actual eight-week program, one of the John Kabat-Zinn courses in mindfulness.ie there on Pembroke Street. And it was a case of, I have to do something, let's do this. And sure, like from class one, I was just, I knew I'd landed on something. And then again, a bit like probably setting up the studio originally, it wasn't for a long kind of while that I decided I wanted to go down that road professionally. But I guess when you go through something like that and you really see the impact on your own life, sometimes when you can see a fit between your business and that you can't deny pursuing it. So I now teach mindfulness and um, I'm loving seeing the impact of it in the corporate space and in private individuals as well. So I do online courses on Monday nights and Thursday mornings, and then I work with corporate teams. Yeah. And I have done some of your, your Thursday morning, Thursday tonic, which is a great Great excuse to get up early and uh, and start the day well. Yeah, I find I definitely find them really, really useful because they're not too long either. That's what it was kind of like twenty five minutes or something on a Thursday morning. Yeah, and I dabble in in meditation and mindfulness, but I don't probably have a consistent enough practice. But it's I, you can always see the benefits when you do it, even in terms of brilliant, like responding instead of reacting you know, just being able to pause when you're kind of emo- getting emotional about something. That's definitely one of the benefits that I find from it. Amazing to hear. And even, you know, just knowing it's always there when you know that you have something in the kit that's helpful yeah. and you've developed a base level, like you can always go back, you know, it's not, you know, it's always there for you when the timing is right for you to tap back into your regular practice. So I suppose what lies ahead, obviously you sadly had to make some drastic changes during the pandemic, which must have been very hard. And now you're in a new phase. So how does that look? No, it, it you know, it, it was nearly like starting again. It looks really good now. And I'm delighted that we were having this chat in 2020, January 2023. Because last year was, you know, really kind of key for the pivot. And it wasn't an unintentional pivot, if you know what I mean. Like it was a pivot that was in train, interestingly, long before the pandemic, if that makes sense, because I was already teacher training to deliver mindfulness programs. So I was fortunate in the sense that there was a, a pivot opportunity, if that makes sense. So I guess I can honestly sit here in January 2023 and say things are going really well. And I'm really excited for the next phase of the business and online digital, digital content is my focus for the year ahead. So really looking forward to creating lots more of that. Yeah. And that's, I suppose that you had the mindfulness in train, but it was your first change when you left the ad agency to go to the setup Goody Studios was kind of a chosen 
thing, but the pandemic kind of forced the new change and kind of, well, maybe if it was in train already, but it, it, it sped it up really, because that's sometimes what I talk about in the podcast. Okay. Like, yeah. You know, changes ch- through choice or through circumstance. So you've kind of had both really throughout the yeah, right. The, the, the lifespan of Giddy Studios, but it was it was great to have you on because I'm conscious that any business owners I've had to date have been in the early stages of setting up their business. So to to speak to someone who has been around for God, it's probably 15 years now, is it? Yeah, heading into the 15th, oh 15th my year, <laughs> and the ups and downs and the roller coaster of it all. So what advice would you have for anyone who who wants to set up on their own? I and Sarah, my sister, again, my, you know, one of my kind of main go to's in my own, I suppose, group of people that I chat to when I'm trying to work something out, as well as, you know, family and and other friends. Talk to as many people as possible. Yeah. Like talk, get advice from as many people as possible like you might not like there's there's definitely advice I was given that I didn't take on board and that's okay too like you don't have to agree with everybody their advice may have well been right in kind of I suppose practical terms but it wasn't say aligned with what I was trying to do at the time so what I'm trying to say is just chat to as many people as possible and then put it all into the mix and take out of it what's aligned with your own vision and purpose for your business. And then interestingly, in the 2020 kind of piece where, as you say, decisions are forced on you, like one of the biggest things that I, I observed there were, you know, you're looking at what other people are doing and you're trying to kind of, you know, you're feeling less than just because somebody else is doing something doesn't mean that they have the same set of conditions as you. So absolutely, I guess you just keep bringing it back to your own situation and you just, I guess, take your own set of circumstances into account, talk to as many people as possible, and then you have to bring it all back to your own power to make the right decisions for your set of circumstances. Yeah, great advice. So I think we leave it there. There's been so much useful information in this. And I think anybody thinking of starting their own business will will gain a lot from it. But finally, where can people find you? A message is best sent on Instagram. If you're on Instagram, uh, you can just send a DM. Uh, LinkedIn for any corporate information, I guess. Uh, Helena Deline on there. And then giddystudios.com has all of the courses and a lot of the pottery painting packs and everything that we're still doing for people at home are all found on there. But yeah, any of the social media channels, you'll get me or giddystudios.com. Brilliant. Thanks so much, Helena. It was great chatting to you and I've learned loads myself. So best of luck for 2023 and with the new the new direction that the business is going. I hope it works. Well, I know it'll work really well for you. Thank you so much. And thank you so much for this opportunity. It's been absolutely brilliant to sit down and reflect, Elaine. And yeah, looking forward to chatting again soon. Thanks to my lovely guest today. And thanks to those of you that listened. If you like this episode, please share or tell a friend. I'll be back next time to talk to another amazing lady who has reinvented her next chapter.